It is official. You guys, I am in my third trimester of pregnancy. Can't even really believe it, but that means I've made it through the second trimester and therefore have some things to update you guys on. Today, I'm sharing eight things that I learned in the second trimester of pregnancy. And I even go as far as to share that, dare I say it, I actually don't love being pregnant. What? Welcome back to the Fit Feed Buy Read Podcast. My friends, as always, grateful for your listening ears. Today, we are talking about all things baby. I am sharing more about my experience with pregnancy in hopes that this will be helpful for some of you guys, dependent upon your journey. You are listening to the Health and Fitness Podcast for the Female Millennial. Step off the roller coaster of yo-yo diet and fitness trends with sustainable solutions to make positive habit change. Learn to stress less, eat smart, and move more with me, Coach Reed, and the Fit for Life-minded guests I bring onto the show. We'll tackle one diet myth at a time, give you tactical ways to make change in your life, and deliver it all with a lighthearted quirk that you just can't stop listening to. As I like to say, it's an educational audio treat. Better said, like a lollipop for your ears. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, my friends. Today we are talking about the eight things I learned in my second trimester of pregnancy. So yes, this is going to be a baby episode, shall we say. If you're like, hmm, I'm not interested in babies and pregnancy. Well, good news. I've got tons of content that has nothing to do with babies or pregnancy. So feel free to hop to another episode. I just finished up the Fresh Start series. Hope that you guys were able to make some positive changes for your health and that you can keep those staying through the holiday season here. So let's get back to babies. I will link in the podcast notes the episode that I recorded at the end of my first trimester. I would venture to guess that it, to some degree that might even be extra intriguing to some of you guys because I know first trimester is very uh, talked about, shall we say. People have very different experiences. I think trimester, the second trimester is a bit more stable, more consistent for most women, but maybe that's not always the case. So I am sharing this because you guys, I always love listening to content like this. When I first got pregnant, I was like, what am I getting into? I find this stuff very fascinating, consuming this kind of content. So I hope you do too. Uh, let's jump right on in. Let's jump into the first of my eight things. Number one, people were right. This is way better than the first trimester. Cheers. My first trimester, if you've listened to that episode or are going to jump into it, you'll hear that I definitely dealt with a fair amount of nausea. It was actually more vertigo-induced nausea, which was kind of wild. So it was the whole like... I didn't actually throw up, but felt like the room was spinning. So I ended up having to lay down, shut my eyes, that sort of thing. Uh, and I had a lot of, you know, just general fatigue. I had some food aversions, all that stuff. That being said, my experience in the first trimester was, it could have been far worse and it could have been far better. I think I probably fell somewhere kind of in the middle of the spectrum of how was your first trimester. And so getting into second trimester was significantly better. And everyone kept telling me this. They were like, you know what, just give it a few more weeks. You'll be fine once you get to second trimester. I was like, okay, great. Now that is interesting because I am now in my third trimester. And for the last couple or few weeks now, I actually am starting to feel uh, not any nausea, praise God, because that was not enjoyable experience. But I'm definitely starting to feel a lot more of the fatigue that I felt in my first trimester which isn't particularly shocking because there's 
like a bigger being, a larger baby that is, you know, sharing your systems, shall we say, <laughs> uh, sharing your food, sharing your energy, sharing everything. So it's not particularly shocking. I think that it's kind of an interesting thing where, you know, enjoy the second trimester while you have it because, well, it's the most blissful of the three, which is what everyone told me. And my experience has aligned with that. Felt slightly more like myself, which I guess was a positive thing. Uh, I really just enjoyed feeling like, you know, my workouts felt a little bit more like normal, I guess. <laughs> my schedule was able to go back to a bit more of a normal cadence. I was able to get podcasting again, uh, all those kinds of good things. So I wasn't having to like, you know, cancel any sort of client sessions or anything because of extreme nausea. Second trimester just felt more normal, ah, which was nice. You know, I'm going to go on record saying something too here that a lot of people I think don't necessarily want to or like to admit, but this is just the honest truth of my reality. And hopefully it's helpful to just, for some of you guys that have been through challenging pregnancy, it's helpful to hear this and to recognize it's okay to, to be open about this stuff. I am beyond excited to become a mom. Cannot wait to have babies, to raise a family. I am so, so grateful and blessed that God has has put this this calling on my life. That being said, I do not enjoy being pregnant. <laughs> it's not something, even in my second trimester, I, I don't enjoy being pregnant. I, I don't feel like myself. And maybe that's because I work in a very physical occupation, a very physical industry. And so there's no way around pregnancy interrupting your body able to being able to perform the way that it used to. That's just doesn't matter across the board. That is that is what <laughs> at some point you will experience that if you're pregnant, not being able to do what you were able to do before. So I don't know if it's that or what it is, but I don't dare I admit it. I don't enjoy being pregnant. And I know that there's some people that absolutely love it. Uh, but I'm here I am recording a podcast, letting y'all know I cannot wait to become a mama, but being pregnant is not like this joyous experience for me in the sense that I, I really just don't feel like myself. I guess that's the easiest way to describe it. But second trimester, I felt slightly more like myself. So we will call that a win. The second thing that I learned in my second trimester of pregnancy was it's hard to wrap your mind around the absolute expanse of this little miracle until you feel baby moving inside of you. That to me was so cool. And of course, now being kind of like early third trimester, I'm feeling a ton of movement from the baby. So these little, just these little kicks, these punches are just wild. And in the beginning, you know, it kind of feels like little flutters, little butterfly flutters in your belly. And then it becomes more prominent and clear that it's like, oh, that was a kick. That was the baby rolling over, whatever it is. And that is just such an absolute blessing and a miracle. I think that that is much as I don't love being pregnant and I don't feel like myself, all these little like kicks and movements are the sort of thing that have encouraged me to just to feel like so bonded with the baby and so excited and uh, just grateful to be able to experience this. So that is very real. It is so cool when your husband can finally feel your little baby move for the first time. That is crazy. When it's like you're laying in bed and it's like, oh, honey, put your hand right here. The baby's moving. That was that was so special. So I think that that has been a really sweet part of second trimester that now is of course continuing into third trimester as the baby continues to grow uh just that the blessing of those little tiny kicks is so 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 special um for any of you guys who have listened to the first trimester 
episode. I kind of share the miracle that is this baby. Uh, This is definitely a little miracle baby. My husband and I were not supposed to be able to get pregnant naturally, and we did uh, quite quickly, actually, which was quite shocking, I think, for both of us. (laughs) Maybe not not so much for him. He was... I, uh, I shared a lot in that, in that other episode, but I know for me, I, I was really shocked when we got pregnant when we did, which was a huge blessing. So it's pretty cool to feel these little movements. The third thing that I learned in the second trimester of pregnancy is that there is a threshold to how much advice you need. When I first jumped into getting, you know, when I was pregnant, found out I was pregnant and was like, oh my gosh, I don't know anything. There's so much wisdom and knowledge that I need to get from other people. I feel like I was starting a lot of conversations by saying, hey, I've got so much to learn. Like, if you have any advice, let me know, which I don't think was wrong in the beginning because I got some good advice from people and some advice that I kind of just left by the wayside and that's okay. But I think I reached a threshold in my second trimester where I was like, okay, I don't need any more book recommendations. I don't need any more random tips and tricks and this and that and the other thing. And so I kind of started rephrasing the way that I had conversations with people in terms of pregnancy because I was like, okay, I've gotten enough advice. I think the biggest thing to think about here is asking the right people. So find people that are raising their kids the way you want to. Find people who have had a birth experience similar to the one that you want to have, for example. So if you know, like for me, I am praying about having a natural birth. I really would like to have a natural birth. I'm not concerned or scared about the idea of you know, if something happens and intervention is needed, then of course, like keep me healthy, keep the baby healthy. But I am really praying and planning for a natural birth uh, and have told my OBGYN that and those, those sorts of things. So of course, I'm asking people who have had natural births or have experience with that, what books they've read, what sort of uh, things have worked for them, because that allows me to get the information that I can then hopefully put into place, ideally to have a natural birth. Same thing when it comes to raising your kids, right? You know, it's like Andy and I have started to think about that. It's like, hey, okay, if we are really excited about raising little Christian babies, like I'm going to the the the, the minds of women in my church and asking for their advice on tips and tricks and ways to to raise their kids when they're young. Going going to people that have done something in a way that you want to mimic or uh, you know accomplish with your own family. So. There is a threshold to how much advice you need. I definitely did find that. (laughs) Point number four of the things that I learned this trimester was read the books. I definitely started reading a lot more in this trimester specific to pregnancy. First trimester, I think it was just that feeling of, ugh, I didn't feel very good. Definitely didn't feel like myself first trimester at all. I was just really trying to survive. And so I have an app that gives me some kind of like tidbits here and there, and it's it's okay. I don't mind it. I wouldn't say I love it, but I don't mind it. But reading books in my second trimester has been really helpful in starting to prepare for the things that I just mentioned in regards to a natural birth and just trying to be as equipped as I can from an information perspective on what my body's going to go through and what this baby's going through. So a few recommendations for you if you are pregnant or are trying to get pregnant, thinking about it in the future, whatever it may be. Uh, I love, loved, highly recommend Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. I really enjoyed that book and I actually listened to it on Audible. Highly recommend that. The first half of the book is a bunch of birth stories. I actually skipped over the birth stories because... That to me didn't feel as helpful. I really just wanted more of the factual information around what was going to happen in birth and what that process looked like and how to healthily, is that a word? (laughs) Healthily? (laughs) We'll pretend it is. Uh, Bring your baby into the world. 
So Ina May's Guide to Childbirth, definitely recommend. The other one that I'm currently reading, there's two more I'm currently reading. I'm in the middle of reading Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way. Uh, and I'm really enjoying that book. I will say this book is a little bit more, how do I say this? The book starts out with some pretty aggressive speak around <laughs> like the hospital system and what's happening in terms of kind of childbirth trends, which I don't think is inaccurate in many senses, but it's it can, it's a little bit intense in the sense that it's kind of like, okay, um, we don't necessarily need to like demonize the hospital system, right? There's nothing, uh, there are moments and situations when that is needed. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting, but the information that I'm now diving into in regards to the process of childbirth, things to keep in mind, ways to, you know, promote a natural childbirth are really valuable. So I definitely recommend that one as well. That was a good recommendation from someone that I knew who had had a natural childbirth, had had numerous, numerous, and actually was a coach for the Bradley Method. And the first one was a recommendation from a friend who had had a natural childbirth too. So hunt down those friends that have done that and see what resources they've used. The third book that I am currently reading, I just started it, but it seems really wonderful so far, is a book called Birthwise. This is recommended by a gal that I serve with at church. And this one is more about once the baby comes, how do you create a, a nurturing environment for them? And a lot of this is focused around sleep scheduling. So how do you get your baby on a consistent schedule of sleep so that both you as the parent and the child uh, has consistency? So that has been good so far. I haven't finished it by any means. So whatever that counts for, take it or leave it. Uh, but those are a few books that I would definitely recommend because educating myself has left me feeling really good in terms of just being informed because I think a lot of a lot of uh, what I've sensed and gathered, and there's nothing wrong with this, but if you want to just get all of your information from the hospital, you want to go in, ask a couple questions, have the doctor guide you through things, you can, but you won't necessarily end up with the birthing experience that you maybe desire if you want to have a natural birth doing things that way. So being informed has been really, really helpful for me. Number five of the eight things that I've learned is start preparations early. I saw all of these like Pinterest board pictures, the app that I use gave some recommendations around like trimester timelines. It's like what to get done in your first trimester, what to do in your second, what to do in your third. And there's nothing, you know, poke around at these things, look at them. But I felt like a lot of the recommendations were kind of delayed. And you guys, maybe that's because I'm pretty darn type A and I'm definitely a planner. So keep that in mind. <laughs> Point for consideration. But I started doing a lot of the things that were on these lists much farther ahead than what was recommended. So in terms of like making lists of what we needed, I started that really early. I started working on my registry really early. Um, part of part of that for me, I think, was the preparation of understanding what I was going to need. Because that also kind of starts to educate you on what you're using all these things for, right? So it's like if you're researching breast pumps... You're trying to figure out which one's best and you're watching YouTube reviews or whatever it may be. It starts to inform you as well on that process of breastfeeding and all those sorts of things. So it was a part of the educational process for me and it has been. Uh, so I would say optimize on your second trimester to get some of these things done because I am already starting to feel the sort of like third trimester fatigue of just I like really feel pregnant now. And I am having to take more naps than I needed to in second trimester. And so I'm grateful that I kind of optimized on that moment to get some of those things done. 
On a similar note, point six on the eight things I learned is hit up Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. My friends, I cannot emphasize this enough. Baby furniture, baby strollers, unless someone has had like eight kids and the thing has been used for a decade and a half, most people end up having like two children. I'm pretty sure that's the average number of children that people have. I don't know exactly for sure. There's no statistic there, so don't don't don't, don't take that as a something to record. But most people have like two children and then they sell all the stuff. So the stuff is not necessarily heavily used. Depends on what it is. But especially stuff like baby furniture, like a crib, a changing table, things like strollers. They've been used for a couple or a few years, but they're not. A lot of these things are in pretty incredible condition and you can get them for a way better deal than what they run brand new. So I essentially turned to my husband and I was like, hey, he loves Craigslisting and like finding good, fun, hidden deals. So I said, hey, here are the brands that I'm really looking for. Like, hey, I kind of want more of a top of the line stroller because I think it's going to be better if we were able to have multiple kids. Uh, You know, I, I want these certain features or whatever it may be. So I sent him certain brands, like specific things I wanted, and he was able to find some amazing stuff on Craigslist. So I highly encourage that. Facebook Marketplace, same sort of deal, right? It's just a matter of which one you prefer. Check both if you shop both. Find some deals, especially on the big stuff. You know, I think a lot of people kind of rely on, hey, I'm just going to put this on my registry and then I'll I'll have it purchased as like a group gift or whatever. You know, let's say it's an expensive stroller or it's a crib. And there's nothing wrong with that either. I think there's a lot of different ways to go about this, but we found some really good stuff on Craigslist and we were feeling really grateful for that. So I would definitely check that out. Point number seven here is take the nap. <laughs> I feel like I've already mentioned napping a few times. Uh, so here I go mentioning it again. After the first trimester, I had this kind of feeling where I'd spent so much time resting and kind of just trying to survive and make it through the first trimester that I got to the second trimester and I was like, oh, wow, I don't really have nausea anymore. My food aversion started to go away. And I was like, you know what? I need to maximize my days because guess what? I was not maximizing my days for the last three months. <laughs> and... So I think in the beginning, I had a bit of a bit of this resistance to napping because I was like, well, guess what? I'm out of my first trimester. I don't need to be, you know, fitting all these naps in. Takes up too much of my time. I've got things to do. And so I kind of resisted it at first. And then I realized, you know what? A little short 20-minute nap can do so much good. Can do wonders. So take the nap. There is a little piece of advice that I definitely needed to remind myself of in the beginning of second trimester, take the nap. Um, And this is definitely becoming true now that I'm heading into third trimester. I'm at that point now where I feel like I come home from coaching in the early afternoon most days and I'm just like dead dog tired. And so I don't even have the option but to take a nap. So fancy that. (laughs) But in the second trimester, give yourself that grace. Point number eight here is eat the snack I know y'all are going to like this one. I like this one too. To give you a bit of information around what your body really needs calorically when you're pregnant, in your first trimester, they say, hey, you know, it's going to be about the same as it was prior to being pregnant, just because the size of the baby is pretty small. In your second trimester, they say that your body needs about 300 extra calories per day. And by the time you get to the third, excuse me, did I say that right? The second trimester is about 300 calories per day. 
And by the third trimester, you need about 450 calories extra per day. That's like a, I mean, that's like a decent sized meal, (laughs) 450 calories. Now, the most important thing I think is to tune into hunger cues to eat intuitively, right? It's, it's not the game of like, don't force feed yourself snacks to try to reach some caloric goal in my fitness pal. I am not tracking anything in my fitness pal as of right now. And the only thing that I did track at one point in pregnancy was making sure I was hitting my protein goals. So if you find that you are chronically under eating, then maybe tracking is a tool to leverage to help you make some increases. But as much as you have that information around calories, do know that it's not something you need to micromanage. Your body will tell you when you need to eat more. And the goal here is making it nutrient dense. Same basic principles of nutrition apply whether you're pregnant or not pregnant. We're thinking mostly about whole foods, lots of fruits and veggies, nuts, seeds, meats, good quality dairy, whole grains, all the same sort of stuff that I've been talking about on this podcast for almost a year now. So you guys know what those things are. I think the one piece that I do want to call out here, and this is probably not going to shock you, especially because it's me, but this is just very true for pregnancy, is making sure that you're getting in enough protein. So whether this is coming in through a combination of snacks and meals or mostly meals, doesn't really matter, but making sure that you are getting enough protein is huge because at the end of the day, protein is basically what offers the building blocks. Protein is comprised of amino acids and amino acids are the building blocks of muscle, cartilage, bones, skin, blood, etc. All sorts of things in the body. If your body is taking the time and the energy to build and grow a baby, you need to be consuming enough protein, not just for yourself, but for this thing that this baby that is growing inside of you, right? So making sure that you're getting enough protein is huge. I would definitely check out my episode called the macronutrient you are most likely deficient in. I'll link that in the podcast notes uh, because I gave a ton of ideas on how to increase your protein intake there. Yum, yum. And I also give some ideas around kind of general protein thresholds. You know, there's a lot of different sources out there that say, hey, make sure you're eating at least 100 grams of protein per day when you're pregnant, at least 125 grams of protein per day. Either way, both of those quantities and amounts are a decent amount of protein, right? So we can toss to the wind, which we already have, if you've listened to my episodes, any sort of like 35 gram per day goal, 60 gram per day goal. No, you need to be eating at least 100 grams of protein per day. I don't care what your caloric intake is. That is just kind of like a a baseline. So eat the snack, get in the protein, eat the nutrient-dense foods, right? Because your body needs them when you are growing a little babe. That is the eight things I learned in my second trimester, friends. Not sure that this really requires a recap or a key takeaway, but I do hope that this has been somewhat helpful for you. Feel free to reach out with questions. I know that feeling when I first got pregnant, I was like, oh gosh, there is so much I have to figure out. Like what is normal for me to experience? What is abnormal for me to experience? So this is, these are the things that I'm, that I'm experiencing in my daily life. Now, by the time that I do the third trimester recap, either I'm going to be really, really, really pregnant or I'll already have a child in my arms. So to be determined on that one, my friends, but thank you for tuning in. You guys know that you can always reach out to me through email on social, whatever it may be. And I'll be coming at you with another episode. Oh, so soon. 
Thank you for tuning into the FitFeed by Read podcast. If this had a positive impact on you, I'd be so honored to have you share it with a fellow female millennial. Send it through text message or post it on your Instagram story, tagging me at FitFeed by Read. I hope you guys have a stellar week ahead of building healthy habits. And don't forget, God loves you.